0: Welcome to this week's energy show. Now, some people are passionate about clean, renewable power, (laughs) but most people just want to save money. And it's great when you can kind of combine the two together. Now, if you have an electric bill, whether it's for your home or you're paying your bill for your business, there are three ways you can get clean electric power. One way is directly from utility. And, you know, and we're going to talk about this more in a minute, but solar power and wind power is the cheapest source of generating electricity that they've got. Utilities are paying four or five cents a kilowatt hour for electricity. But by the time they sell this clean renewable power to you, if you opt in for one of these renewable power plants, they charge a premium, three or four cents more. So not many people want to pay more for electricity. Another option is something called community choice aggregation, which is kicking in in a bunch of states, including California, and it's available in a few areas here in California, Marin, Sonoma, San Francisco, and now Santa Clara County. And with these community choice aggregation programs, you can pay a penny or two kilowatt hour less. For clean, renewable power, and that's a great thing. But if you really want to save money, rooftop solar is the way to go. This is typically distributed generation or behind-the-meter solar. It's very simple. You just put solar panels on the roof of your commercial or residential building. As long as you got sun, you're going to save money. Paybacks are, are fast, and the ROIs are really, really good. So why is this transition toward clean, renewable power happening? Well, obviously, we've got lots and lots of concerns about global warming but the real reason why it's becoming more popular is because the prices for solar generated electricity are continuing to come down fast they're they're actually really cheap right now wind power is also inexpensive but solar's blowing everything else away including wind is a kind of pun there so according to the US energy information administration there was 24 gigawatts of new generating capacity added in the US in 2016. Now, just to kind of put that in perspective, here in San Jose, in South San Jose, there's a 550 megawatt energy generation center, the Metcalf Energy Center. This is a natural gas plant. So it would be 48 of these plants are being added all around the country. And that's not necessarily natural gas plants, but energy sources of all types. And it used to be many years ago, nuclear and coal. More recently, over the past 20 years, it's been natural gas, especially since natural gas prices have come down. It's more been natural gas. But what's really interesting is over the the last five or six years, most of this addition has been wind and solar. So the, for the third year in a row, more than half of the US's generating capacity has been solar. And These are just among utilities, not including the gigawatts of rooftop solar that's been installed on homes and businesses. So just kind of looking at the numbers, back in 2013, 40% of the capacity that was added on free by utilities, these are utilities deciding to invest in power plants. 40% was wind and solar. In 2014, 51%. In 2015, 66%. And in 2016, it's 68%. So it's fascinating how it's kind of the utilities, who are the ones that are delivering power to you, have come to the conclusion that solar and wind are the cheapest way to deliver that power. And solar is, is really outstretched wind. Wind did, did really well years ago, but now solar is just kicking butt. Now, when you look at all the the utility solar that's going in, it's no surprise that utility solar is the biggest part of the U.S. solar industry. Some systems are as big as 500 megawatts. It's the size of the Metcalf Energy Center, which is down in South San Jose. That's a typical natural gas plant. Now, when you're talking about a 500 megawatt solar plant, that's a lot of solar panels. That's 1.5 million solar panels. That's quite a few. Now, the way these systems operate, huge fields, usually in unoccupied space. You need acres and acres of area. It's usually done in the desert in a remote location. Power is generated there. And that power is transmitted at really high voltages over these high-voltage transmission lines throughout the, the state, throughout the country, to local distribution systems where the voltage is stepped down and then it's distributed to homeowners and businesses. Now, from a cost standpoint, you got to remember in the past, utilities used to build their own power plants. In, in California and many other states, there's a deregulated market for electricity. And what that means is that the utilities no longer are allowed or no longer need to build their own generating plants, they can buy power from third parties, from from companies who just specialize in building power plants and selling electricity. And that kind of you know cracks me up when we talk about a deregulated market for electricity. It's extremely regulated in almost every fashion. But what, what's happening now is that other companies are building these huge solar plants or wind plants, and many of them are actually built by solar panel companies. And then they, they sell the electricity, the resultant electricity to utilities, or they sell the whole plant to a corporate entity that's going to own it and sell the electricity. And then the utilities buy the electricity really cheap and then mark it up and sell it to customers. And They have to mark it up a little bit because of their costs to distribute it and support it and do all the billing. But these markups have gotten <laughs> pretty amazing. We'll talk about that in a minute. Now, the reason why utility solar is so popular is it costs less than a dollar and a half a watt to build a huge solar plant. And that's including everything. Compare that to... You know, probably the average solar cost in the US for homes is about three and a half dollars a watt. So, you know, we're looking at something that's less than half. And when you look at the generation cost, what the companies sell the power from these plants at, these plants are selling power for four or five or six cents a kilowatt hour. And that's the generating cost. That's like darn low. So solar's become the cheapest way for utilities to generate power. And I, I wanted to kind of compare the utility generating costs from different fuels. So I took a, a look at a recent U.S. Energy Information Administration summary of the costs for different fuels. And it was kind of interesting, just kind of looking at it. So wind is generating electricity at $0.07 a kilowatt hour. Natural gas, also $0.07. Hydro is actually a little bit more expensive. I'm not sure why. $0.08 a kilowatt hour. Coal is $0.10 a kilowatt hour. And that's not clean coal. Clean coal is much more. Nuclear, $0.10 a kilowatt hour. And according to this EIA report, solar is thirteen cents a kilowatt hour, but the EIA is always lagging behind. Wind might be a little bit less now, natural gas is a little less. And then we know just from reports that we're seeing, these new solar plants are, are selling power at four or five cents a kilowatt hour here in the US. It's even like three cents in other parts of the world. So really what's happening is utilities or entities that want to sell power are able to buy power for you know five or six cents a kilowatt hour. It's huge. That's why solar is the fastest growing power generating technology. But There's a big problem with solar that's purchased by the utilities and sold. And the big problem fundamentally is by the time that solar power gets to the customer, it's as expensive as cheaper power. In other words, the utilities aren't saying, well, we're buying this cheap solar power, so we're going to sell you power cheaper. No, they're just keeping the extra profits. And that's understandable because they're a business, but it's not understandable because they're supposed to be regulated. And what happens now is customers are saying, oh, gee, you know, the rooftop solar company down the street can sell me... Can put in a system for me that's locked in for 25 years at six cents a kilowatt hour. Why should I be paying 20 or 25? So there's a lot of interest in local solar power as opposed to the distributed far away solar power like these big solar farms. Now, hence the concept of community solar. And we did a show on this a few months ago. Community solar is a concept where a group of people or a special company entity or even a utility get together and put in a local solar power plant. You know, it's, 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 sometimes these things go in unoccupied areas. There may be a you know, a, a dump or an area that, that can't be developed or they may install solar panels on an enormous parking lot. Usually it's over abandoned or unusable land. You don't want to put it on something you can use. And And what ends up happening is you're able to generate this kind of one, two, three megawatt plant, it's it's fairly big. You're able to get the cost down, and it's local, so the distribution costs are a little bit lower. But the problem is with community solar is the local utility controls the distribution and metering And the billing. So they're not really letting third parties come in to own these plants locally and sell the power locally. They really want to control it. Now, in deregulated markets, they're legally obligated to allow other entities to build these plants and sell the power, but they're not legally obligated to make it easy. So what ends up happening is, although community solar is a great idea, and it's a good way to kind of use this unused land. It's really a form of utility solar. It's just localized. And unfortunately, it ends up being more expensive than other forms of local clean energy. And because of that, because of the difficulties of putting these plants in place, it's been a very small market so far. Lots of excitement, but there's only a few hundred megawatts of community solar all around the country. And that's an opportunity that's lost. But there are other ways of doing this, and community choice aggregation is one. We're going to talk about that in a few minutes. That gives similar benefits, but at actually a reduced cost. Okay, now we're going to talk about two ways you can get renewable power that's actually cheaper than what your utility selling you. Now, the first is a new concept called community choice aggregation, or CCA. This is probably referred to as community choice aggravation by the utilities, But it's really aggregation. And the reason why is what they do is they aggregate lots of customers. And there's a nonprofit entity that sells the power. Now, Massachusetts, New York, Ohio, California, New Jersey, Rhode Island, and Illinois have legislation that permits these CCA programs in these states. And essentially what happens is cities counties and some special districts aggregate the buying power of all of their customers and say, hey, if we have everybody in, say, the county of Marin or everybody in the city of San Jose who's going to switch away from their conventional utility and then switch to our CCA program, we get the buying power we need to buy really cheap renewable energy and then sell it to these people instead of conventional generation. So essentially, what they're able to do is they secure these alternative energy supply contracts on a community wide basis. And usually, what happens is these programs are everybody in the area are automatically renewed. Now, they're allowing people to opt out. So you can, if these programs go into effect in your area, and like they have that, they're going into effect in Santa Clara County, but like they have in Marin and Sonoma, you can decide to opt out and say, no, I just want to buy my power from my you know, old utility. And some people want to do that. I'm, I'm not exactly sure why because it's usually more expensive and it's exactly the same service, but some people want to now. Right now, CCAs serve nearly 5% of Americans in over 1,300 municipalities. And that was as 2014. So it's growing kind of steadily. And essentially, a CCA is a local, not-for-profit public agency that takes on all the decision-making role about the sources of energy and the way in which this, this power is charged to the customers. And so once it's established, these CCAs become the default service provider for the power that's delivered to residential and commercial customers. Now, here in the Bay Area... Programs are available right now in Sonoma County, Marin County, Clean Power San Francisco, Peninsula Clean Power, and now most of Santa Clara County with Silicon Valley Clean Energy. Silicon Valley Clean Energy is kicking in sometime in in the April May timeframe. And by the end of 2017, everybody in Santa Clara County, except for residents of San Jose, Palo Alto, and city of Santa Clara are going to be able to take advantage of that, why those cities are, are not in it right now. So, and, and here's how it works. It's kind of interesting, and, and, and it depends on the fact that electrons are indistinguishable. They're, they're commodities. You can't tell where the electricity was generated from, and you can transmit it easily from point to point. So the CCAs sign contracts for power from inexpensive renewable energy sources like solar and wind farms. So they may, they may sign a contract for a brand-new solar plant somewhere in the desert of California, and then that power is put on the long-distance transmission lines, and it goes onto the grid. And once that power is on the grid, whether it's tapped off in L.A. Or, or San Jose or Marin, it doesn't really matter. These CCAs then are in these local territories, and they say, okay, we're putting... 100 megawatts of power onto the grid, we're going to take 100 megawatts of power off locally and give it to our customers. And that's basically the way it works. So you don't have to really transport that particular power. You just have to say, I put X amount in, and I'm taking in one place, and I'm taking the same X amount out in another place, and and the numbers all work out. And the key is, the existing utility supplies the power to customers over the local distribution system. So you've got local transformers and local lines, and you've got utility workers that are supporting it. The utility does the billing and the maintenance, so the billing doesn't really change. So all that infrastructure that's local is used. The utility still provides it, and the utility still gets compensated for it. So there's absolutely no change to the homeowner or the business owner except often slightly lower electric rates. Not a lot lower, but slightly lower, and it's clean power, so it's great. Now, the reason why these CCAs can charge a little bit less is is really twofold. First, they have very low overhead. And second, they're not designed to make a profit. So utilities, keep in mind, a utility is, is a business, and they're guaranteed a 10% profit every single year, 10% profit. So you'd expect right off the bat that these CCAs could charge about 10% less for electricity. It's not quite at that level yet, but you know maybe down the road it will be. The other reason why these CCAs are able to charge a little bit less is this new generating capacity is cheaper than the old generating capacity. we kind of looked at what some of those numbers are. And although nuclear and coal and natural gas used to be cheaper, now that you've got really cheap wind and, and solar, it, if you buy new generating capacity, you contract it for, it for say, 25 years, they're able to contract for this capacity for 4 or $0.05 cents a kilowatt hour. Instead of what the utilities are kind of stuck with these old power plants that nobody wants anymore, they may be generating power at $0.10 cents a kilowatt hour or more. And you also have to remember with solar and wind, the reason why they're so cheap, is they have zero fuel costs. And all these other systems, whether it's natural gas or coal or even nuclear, you've got fuel costs and you've got decommissioning costs. So what's interesting about the CCAs is they've been proven to be reliable operations to supply power, and they can supply that power to consumers at lower prices. And what's also interesting is every single one of these CCAs around the country that I'm aware of is still in business. So it's not like some Johnny-come-lately thing. It's a business model that hasn't been tried. It works really well. But as I mentioned, utilities hate CCAs, because they're mandated, they're legislated, mandated competitors. And you know, obviously, utilities, even though it's a monopoly, they don't want anybody competing. That's why I, I think they, they call them community choice aggravation programs. So to give you an idea of how much utilities hate these programs, I mean, just a few years ago, there was a, a, a bunch of new CCAs that were going into effect in California. And these CCAs require state legislation to pass. So there's a there's a law that's passed that says a CCA is mandated. PG&E spent $46 million of their own money, which was generated from ratepayers basically, to stop CCAs in California. But they ended up losing because there was just so much momentum and so much awareness that, hey, you know, we've, the voters were, really weren't that interested in, in continuing to support the utilities, and they were looking for a cheaper source of power. So now, because these CCAs are kind of taking off, we have the benefits of them in some parts of California, and more and more communities and cities are putting these programs in place. Now, what I kind of find ironic is that some cities— well, you know, like la is probably a good example but also you know here here locally Palo Alto and Santa city of Santa Clara but some cities already have their own power generating capacity and they don't want to offer CCAs now I have to credit you know hand off to Palo Alto and Santa Clara they have cheap electricity much cheaper than PG; e but now we're able to start seeing some of these benefits in other parts of Santa Clara County so what's going to happen this new CCA in Santa Clara County is called Silicon Valley Clean Energy. And basically the way it works is everybody in Santa Clara County, except for San Jose, Palo Alto, and Santa Clara, are automatically enrolled. San Jose is going to do their own program fairly quickly, but Palo Alto and Santa Clara are not because they have a community utility. So if you're in one of these Silicon Valley cities, you're automatically going to start getting your power from Silicon Valley Clean Energy in 2017. And you're going to pay less than 1% of the current PG&E rates. Now, you can opt out And stick with PG&E if you want, but, you know, heck, for 1% less, why would you want to do that? And they also have another special solar rate that, (laughs) this is ironic, you have to follow me on this. It's eight-tenths of a cent more per kilowatt hour, but it's from 100% renewable power. And you may say, well, why would you want to pay more for, for energy? Well, the reason is if you have solar and you're generating a lot of energy, you want to run the meter backwards at a higher rate. So actually, for people who have solar, this is actually a better rate. It's pretty good. Now, I think these CCAs are great for everyone, especially solar customers. There's about 15,000 solar customers in these cities. And you know if you're thinking about solar, you should definitely sign up for this new Green Prime program and, and just let it roll. You're going to save even more with your solar system. Now, another big advantage of CCAs, most of them, will write you a check at the end of the year for your net metering dollar balance. Now, last year, I had a negative $143 bill at my house, and the utility didn't pay me a penny for that. They didn't even say thank you, right? Right. So I ended up replacing all my LEDs with incandescent, so I can use more energy. I didn't want to just give free power to the utility. Now with a CCA, I'm going to get a check. So I'm going to have to take those incandescents out again and put in LEDs because they're going to save money. Now, one of my next upcoming shows is going to be about Silicon Valley clean energy. So stay tuned for that. Now, the second way, in addition to a CCA, which is going to save you, you know, a penny or so, a kilowatt hour, But the second way you can get clean, renewable power that's also cheaper from any other source is if you install your own rooftop solar system. Now, obviously, I'm a solar guy. I've been doing it forever. We talk a lot about it. But listen, if you have a sunny rooftop solar makes so much sense for you solar panels are guaranteed for 25 years they're really reliable almost never ever ever a problem total costs for a system are in the range you know for a small system eight to ten thousand dollars a really big system and a really big house about twenty five thousand dollars and then you get a tax credit on top of that there's easy financing whether it's a loan or a ppa or a lease and you end up with electricity prices when you count everything on a cash system. Six cents a kilowatt hour. I mean, my average electric rate was 25 cents. And I think in the in the U.S. it's closer to 20. California average is 22. So way, way cheaper. So what you should do is, to get started is just call a few local installers, get some quotes for solar. And many of these local solar companies are able to get a system installed from soup to nuts, connected to the utility, in less than a month. And, and we certainly do that at Cinnamon Solar all the time. So to summarize... There are three practical ways for you to get clean local electricity. First is from your utility, but you're going to end up paying more. The second is from a CCA, and you can save a penny, a kilowatt hour or so less. But that's only if you have a CCA in your community. And the third is rooftop solar, and anybody with a sunny roof can get rooftop solar for a fraction of what you're paying for utility. And there's plenty of financing options. And keep in mind, if you're putting this rooftop solar in... A five-year payback translates into a 20% ROI. That's fantastic. So anyway, that's all the time we have on this week's Energy Show. And thanks to all of our listeners for tuning in. And if you missed any of today's show, you can go to our website at cinnamonsolar.com and listen to the podcast.